going to uh, just read a, a passage from Scripture. If you have a Bible you want to uh, follow it with me, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 11. If you haven't got a Bible with you, don't worry. It says this, Matthew chapter 11. I'm going to read uh, verses 1 to 10 and then I'm going to jump to the end of the, uh, the chapter. It says this, after Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples... He went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cured. The deaf hear. The dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. And then jumping down to verse 28, Jesus says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And here you have John the Baptist, who was a prophetic figure, who was sent to announce the coming of Jesus, experiencing a little bit bit of doubt and conflict in his mind, as he's saying, Are you the one? saying to Jesus, are you really the one who was going to come or should we expect someone else? Now I've already mentioned in the bit when I was talking about healing because we've talked about healing a bit, we've heard about healing a bit but now I'm just going to spend a few minutes to talk to you about the healer. And I don't know why you came today. Chances were you came because you were invited. It may well have been that you received a flyer, one of those leaflets that was put into your hand on the streets of Derby, and you thought, oh, all right, I'll go to that. But you received an invitation. It may well be that a friend or a neighbour or a work colleague actually said, hey, there's this going on, why don't you come to this? Chances are you were invited. And I'm actually going to talk to you today about an invitation And then I am actually going to issue an invitation to you. won't be written down like on the card. But at the end of this talk, I am going to offer you the chance to respond to the invitation that Jesus makes. So you have between now and the time when I stop speaking, and we'll have a little bit of a time of ministry where we pray for the sick again, and uh, a couple of people have got uh, things which they believe that God has said to them about some people here and we'll let that take place as well. So you've got between now and then to weigh up what I'm saying and what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in your heart and decide, am I going to respond? 
Because today there's an invitation that has been issued which is more than a flyer. And I'm going to tell you about that in a moment. But can we stand? And I'd like us just to pray together. And if you've never prayed before, I'd like you to pray. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a couple of words and I would like everybody, and whether you're used to praying, whether you actually believe prayer works or not, or whatever physical, spiritual condition you're in this morning, I would just like you to pray the words that I pray. So I'm going to say it, and then I'd like you just to say it all out loud. And if we all do that, then we won't feel too embarrassed. So it's just a brief prayer. Don't worry, I'm not going to... It's not a prayer to kind of sign all your worldly wealth over to the church or anything like that, so you don't need to get too nervous. It's just a prayer which basically is saying, God, if you're there, would you do something for me today? Would you touch my life and would you intervene in my heart? So, let's pray. And I'll say the words, and if you could say them after me, that would be really, really good. But you're not saying them to me to humour me. You're saying, God, if you're there, hear this, please. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. In your precious name. Amen. If you'd like to sit, that would be great. I promise you can now actually sit down now for a few moments. I'm not going to get you up and down again. But uh, I'm just going to focus for a few moments. And here you have the fact that John the Baptist is saying, I don't know, are you, aren't you? I, you know, God called me, God sent me, but I just, I don't know. And Jesus said, the blind receive sight, the deaf hear, the lame walk. And we've heard some stories today about how Jesus has touched people's lives. And I would suggest to you very, very humbly and very, very gently, this is evidence that requires a verdict. And so when John the Baptist is having a little bit of crisis of conscience saying, are you the one? Jesus actually says back to him, well, actually, tell John what you've seen and heard about the blind seeing, the deaf hearing, the lame walking, and those with skin diseases being healed. And we've heard today about how people have been prayed for in the name of Jesus and how God's touched them. And then, following that, Jesus actually says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I couldn't hope, but look on the, uh, the, the leaflet, and it says they're sick and tired. My mother always used to say, somewhat complainingly, and you can forgive her for being complaining for me, with me as a son, but she said, I'm just sick and tired of this. And so often we go through life and you think, I'm just sick and tired. And Jesus comes and he says, come to me. And I'm going to look, first of all, well, who's invited? Because actually, if you get an invite, it's nice to know who's invited. Because kind of, you get an invite through the post, and you know, we've, we've got, uh, there are five of us in the family, but kind of, you know, like everybody's an adult now, and you're thinking, well, you know, we've got this invite to a wedding, but is it just Rachel and I, or are the kids invited as well? Because, you, know, you know, you don't want to turn up with five of you when there's only two. You know, it's just a bit embarrassing. And, you know, the two of us eat for five, really. But, you know, kind of, you know, I just have to watch, like, stood behind the projector. I don't move too much because the words bounce. But, you know, it's this, you know, uh, but, you know, you have to know who's invited. Who is actually on the invite? Who can come? 
And it's good to know. And Jesus makes that very, very clear because he says, come to me, all of you who labour and are heavy laden. And that word, word all, can encompass a whole variety of people. You might be here today and you might be kind of of, of perceived high status in society. You might perceive yourself to be high status. You might perceive of yourself to be low status. You might be educated. Or you might be illiterate. Now, now, by the way, if I'm actually looking at you a particular moment, I'm just trying to engage you and make eye contact. I'm not looking at you and saying you're illiterate. You know, just in case you think, hey, you look to me. So I'm not illiterate. So, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm just stating categories, but just kind of trying to be friendly and make eye contact. You know, so, you know, you might be educated or illiterate. I mean, perhaps actually I might to, you know, you might be moral or immoral. You know, I'm just now not looking at anybody in particular. You know, you just might be moral or immoral. Uh, you know, you, you might be old, or no, hang on, you might be old or you might be young. Yeah, because I'm going to offend anybody I look at in that category. You know, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not old. You, know. <laughs> you might be old or young. If I say that loud enough, I might even convince myself I'm not old. Uh, you might be old or you might be young. You might be male or you might be female. You might come from a religious background or you might never have darkened the door of a church in your life. It doesn't matter what your grouping is today. You are invited, and Jesus extends the invitation to you. And in fact, when Peter, who was one of the early followers of Jesus, made a similar invitation, he was saying, actually, sons and daughters, and actually, we're all either a somebody's son or somebody's daughter. He said, young and old are invited, and indeed those in between. So you might be here today, and you might be young. And yeah, you're either young or you're old, or you're somewhere within that spectrum. I'm not going to ask you to respond and put your hand up and say, well, actually, yeah, I'm... But you might be young or you might be old. You might be male or you might be female. And you're one or the other. If you're making your mind up, well, actually, yeah, the invitation's for you as well. But men or women, yeah, it's, in, it's an inclusive invitation. And he's saying, all of you who are weary and burdened, and the old version translates it labor and heavy laden. And we all labor after things. We, we labour with a point, we labour with a purpose, whatever it is. We might be labouring after material success. And it always strikes me sometimes, you know, you watch these programmes like X Factor or Pop Idol or whatever it is, and there's, there's always some, somebody on there, and it's usually the person... I, I'm just surprised at how many of these guys just blatantly can't sing. They have no talent, no charisma and no star quality whatsoever, and yet they think that they're the next big thing. And they somehow get a little bit put out when the guy said, well, actually, you can't hold a tune. But there seems to be this thing in our nation, in our culture at the moment, where people think, well, if only I can be a pop idol or I can get money and riches and success, somehow it's the answer to everything. And yet, actually... We had this guy, Shane Lynch, come and speak to us last year. He's abs- By the way, if you're here this morning thinking, I don't know, shall I, shan't I, shall I, shan't I? Go! He is absolutely superb. Uh, we, we had this kind of interview thing, a bit like Parkinson, or you know, if you're a little bit younger, you know, some kind of more modern chat show that you can relate to. And did, did this interview, and he's, he's, he's got this disarming Irish charm, and he's funny, and his story's brilliant. But he tells about how the fact that this was a guy who thought, if I can make it big in pop, I will find fulfilment. And he made it big in pop, had more money than you can shake a stick at, and actually thought, 
somehow something inside is still empty. And you might be here this morning and you've labored after success and you might even have found success. You might still be laboring after it, thinking, if only I can chase this elusive thing, then somehow I will find fulfillment. And Jesus says, whatever you're laboring after, whatever you're running after, actually, hey, you can come to me and you will find rest for your soul. It may well be that you're burdened down. You may be pressured. And we all carry a certain amount of pressure. In fact, actually, there was one Olympic athlete that used to train with, instead of running shoes, he trained in army boots and he trained with a rucksack with a couple of bricks in it just to kind of give him a little bit more resistance so that when he ran the race, he was a little bit lightened and he could run quicker. And we all have pressures, but sometimes, you know, it's not just that we carry a brick around with us. It could be job pressure, family pressure, relationship pressure. It could be the death of a loved one. And before you know it, you're not just carrying a, a brick. You've got a wall and you're running into a wall. And you might be here this morning and somehow in life you feel like you've run into a wall. Now you might be forgiven at this point that I'm actually preaching a Christianity and a good news that is for people who somehow can't quite cut it in life. You saying, yeah, but I always thought Christianity was a crutch. Well, actually, if you need a crutch, a crutch is not a bad thing. But the issue is not, is it a crutch? The issue is, is it true? And that is the fundamental issue that I want to put to you this morning. Is not, is Christianity a crutch? Is Jesus just a, something that helps us through life? But is what Jesus said true? And Jesus actually issued us an invitation. He said, come to me, all of you who are burdened, and are heavy laden. And actually, that's my next thing that I want to lead you on to, is who is making the invitation? And Jesus is coming to us. He made this invitation a long time ago, but the invitation is still current. You know, I have to say, I am not the most organized person, and sometimes I look and think, oh my word, I should have responded to that a while ago. And actually, this is an invitation which, though made a while ago, is still current. The RSVP date is still in force. So you can be sat here this morning and Jesus is still making you this invitation, come to me. Now, most other religious teachers will teach to something outside of themselves. They will teach to something else to find fulfillment. Jesus was different. He actually said, no, come to me. Follow me. He talked about my kingdom. He talked about, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger again. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he dies, yet shall he live. And Jesus is still making that invitation today. And whether you're young, old, rich, poor, male, female, that invitation, if you can hear my voice this morning, that invitation is to you. Jesus is making it. And he's saying, if you are burdened, come to me. But there is actually a burden which all of us struggle with, which actually Jesus is saying is the most important burden that we need to be rid of. If you can just humor me for a moment and just kind of imagine yourself. I normally do this with a video, but I thought today I'm going to get a bit more high-tech. This is a DVD. 
I have entered the 21st century. I've, I've normally used a video if ever I use this illustration, but I thought actually videos now are a little bit passe. So this is a DVD. Now, if you can imagine with me that you're not sat here in this hall in Derby on a very pleasant Sunday morning. You are sat on your own in a stadium. It could be Pride Park or whichever stadium you choose to sit in. Just imagine. You might wish to close your eyes and just imagine with me for a moment. And you're sat there. And then suddenly an angel comes up to you with a DVD and says, how would you like to watch a DVD? And you think, whoa, sounds like fun. What is it? Die Hard 4? The Simpsons? Shrek the Third? I gather our county is mentioned in Shrek the Third, Worcestershire. But uh, it's a DVD. And he says, no, 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 no. It's, It's not the latest thing. It's actually a DVD of your life. And it's a DVD which has on it everything that you've ever said, everything that you've ever thought, or everything that you've ever done. It is your complete life history. Now, I don't know about you, but if someone was to offer to put that DVD on, I wouldn't actually be that keen on all the stuff that everybody else can see. But actually to replay every single thought as well, that would be even more embarrassing. And you might be there thinking, ooh, ah, hmm, okay, but it's just me and the angel. We'll watch it. And then the angel says, oh, by the way, and everybody else who features in the DVD is going to now come and watch it with you. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands on who might be the slightest bit embarrassed. Because I'm betting that actually all of us have things in our lives, that things we've thought, things we've said, and things we've done. We think, ooh, I wouldn't want anybody to know about that. And Jesus actually says, well, I know that you have burdens, that there's things in your heart and things in your life which you are carrying. Now, the good news is that there's some bad news. Because we all know that in our hearts, we fall short of our own standards. Just the very fact that I I mentioned something like that, there's things which by our own standard, we think, well, actually, I wish we hadn't done that. But... God says, all have fallen short of his standard. And the term that he uses for that is sin. Sin is simply falling short of God's standard. And as human beings, we fail gloriously. Now, a company that I used to work for used to send me one of these every month. Now, it is a payslip. For those of you who are sat near the front, you will mention that they very, very helpfully, nice bit of PR this, They put on the front there, thank you. Now, you might have been very polite of them, thank you. Now, once a month, around about the right kind of time, I would head down the stairs, head to the front door, see this, pick it up and think, they've sent me a thank you note. How wonderful. I have worked for them for a month. They've sent me a little letter that says, thank you. If you believe that, you'll believe anything. No, I'd rip off the sides, rip off the end, open up and think, how much? And if you get a payslip through the month, you will identify through the post every month or every however long or somebody gives it to you. If you're like most people, that's what you want. You want to see the bottom line. How much is it? Show me the money. How much have I got paid? 
Thank you is all very well, but we don't go to work for a thank you. We go to work for the wage. And the Bible actually says when people work, their wages are credited to them, not as a gift, but as an obligation. So you don't work for a week or a month and expect someone to say, well, actually, thanks so much for turning up. Let me just give you a little gift. You think, no, I'd actually like the, the salary. Thank you very much. I'd like to look in my bank account and think, ka-ching. You know, and you don't, you don't think when you're paid, you don't think, well, that was very kind of them. They didn't have to do that. You actually think, no, I worked. I'd like the money, please. Now, the Bible actually says sin pays its wage. So at the end of time, this little payslip will come through the post. Well, actually, it won't come through the post because Jesus says... I will be standing in front of everybody and the books will be opened. Everybody who's ever lived will be gathered before me and I will separate them. As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats based on what I read in the books. Because actually the Bible says that sin pays its wage and the wages of sin is death. Now that's not a cheerful thing to wake up to. You open the payslip, death. Oh, isn't that a misprint? No, actually, it's not, because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And we carry around that burden, whether you know it or not, or whether today is the first time you've heard that, the first part of the good news is bad news, that we have a burden. The burden is called sin. Sin pays its wage. We will all stand before the judge of all the earth. His name is Jesus, and the wages of sin is death. But the good news is that the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Because Jesus is not just a good religious teacher. He is not just some prophet who came. He came as God incarnate, showing us that we could live free of sin and that his life, totally free of sin, totally fulfilling God's standard, he fulfilled all the obligations of the law and then he died for us on the cross to pay the penalty which was our sin. So he took the wage slip we should have had and said, no, that's okay, you give me that wage slip, I'll have that. I don't know how many of you have seen the film The Passion of the Christ. There is a scene there where Jesus is carrying the cross and there's a point where he stumbles under the weight of it. And it's probably my favourite bit in the film. It's not strictly biblical, but it's a good little dramatic moment. But it illustrates a point. Jesus stumbles under the weight of the cross and Mary, his mother, goes to help him. And there is a point at which he looks and he said, No, behold, I'm making all things new. Shoulders the cross, lifts it up and walks on his way with a determination in his face. And today, if you'll let him, Jesus will shoulder the burden of sin that you're carrying. He'll carry the burden of sickness that you're carrying. He'll burden the emotional problem that you're carrying. He will bear your burden if you'll let him. He will shoulder that for you and say, today I am making all things new. Because you say, well, ever... Isn't God just this loving God? Is, is, everything's going to be all right? Because, you know, God's a good God. Well, actually, the fact is, yes, God is a good God. And the Bible tells us God is love. But actually, the Bible tells us that God is just. And because he is just, he cannot leave the guilty unpunished. There is something that sometimes you look in the news that people can get away with stuff and you think, that is just not right. It's just not justice. And the fact is, God is just. It's in his nature. And so you have a problem. God is just. He has to punish the guilty. And we've already looked and we think, we're not just embarrassed, we're guilty. 
but also God is love. And we have God's love and we have God's justice. And we have this huge gap and we have a problem. We have a loving God, but we have a just God. We have a holy God and a sinful people. And we're on the edge of a divide between us and God and there is a big problem. But God brings his love and his justice together in the form of Jesus Christ. And he came and he shouldered our burdens when he was crucified. And he who had no sin became sin. He said to his accusers, if you can find any sin in me. And they couldn't, but they came with their accusations. And he let them. He said, no one takes my life from me. But he laid it down on the cross that when he was crucified, he took upon himself the punishment that was due to us. And if you'll let him, if you'll come to him today and say, Jesus, thank you that you paid the price for my sin, he will take the DVD of your life and he will wipe it clean. All those embarrassing things which you have said, thought or done, he will wipe clean. But the good news is it doesn't just stop there. All the righteousness, all the credit that he built up before God, that gets put on to your DVD. So actually when you stand before God on the last day, and even believer, if you're standing before yourself looking in the mirror today and you're feeling condemned, you need to know the grace of God is this, that he has put his righteousness on your disc. So actually when God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. He sees the righteousness of God in Christ. And the good news of Jesus Christ is this, that if you'll put your faith in him today, that on the last day when you stand before God, your DVD is not just wiped clean, it's credited with the righteousness of Jesus. So that when you stand before God, that debt of sin is paid. So the invitation, what is the invitation? Jesus says, take my yoke. Now, you can't be yoked on your own. You're not just kind of like, a yoke is a thing where they team oxen. And they try and match them kind of evenly. And some of you today, you're teamed up with sin, you're teamed up with doubt, you're teamed up with unrealistic expectations which put on you when you were younger. And it's not a good yoke to be yoked with because you're yoked unevenly. You're there, sin's there, and it's driving you. You're there and condemnation's driving you. You're there and sickness and doubt are driving you and you're yoked with it. And the invitation today is Jesus is saying, just come along, let me take away that oxen, let me take away that yoke that you're burdened with and take my yoke upon you because I will come and it's not just you trying to get through life on your own, struggling with something that's dragging you along and dragging you down. Jesus is saying now, come on son, come on daughter, you take my yoke upon you, you're there, I'm there, let's pull this thing together and I'll pull you home. And that is the good news of Jesus, that if you take his yoke upon you, he will take you, he will keep you, he will put his yoke upon you. You can be very, well, it's an uneven yoke because he's God and we are not, but it's a great yoke because he takes our sin, which he didn't deserve, but he's saying, no, come on, you put that on me. I'll take the yoke, you be yoked with me, let's do it together. And that is the invitation that Jesus is making to you today. And you might be here, and I don't know what condition you're in, you might never have heard this before, but you know in your heart of hearts, 
You want to know that kind of saviour. We sung a song this morning. Everyone needs compassion. The kindness of a saviour. Let mercy fall on me. I had a phone call this morning. Some friends that I know, they have an adopted son. He's got into some bad ways. And unfortunately, last night, they found him dead in a field from an overdose. Now, that's tragic. And something inside you thinks, oh. And you might not be on heroin this morning. You might, but at the end of the day, the wages of sin puts us in that place before God. But Jesus says, whatever emptiness you're running after, you don't have to do that. You can come with me. You can come with me. A young man called Bill Gates announced to his parents that he was dropping out of Harvard, one of the most prestigious universities in the United States, and he was going to found this computer company. They thought it was a bit ridiculous, so they asked one of their good friends, a successful businessman, to go along and talk him out of it. Stay at Harvard, complete his education, don't worry about this silly computer company. So he called him up and he said, Bill, he said, I'd like to take you out for lunch. He's an old family friend. He took him out to lunch. By the end of the lunch, Bill had made such a convincing presentation about the future of computers as he saw it. The man had not only abandoned his plan to convince him to stay at Harvard, he'd actually invested $10,000 into the company. So he left the day having actually written Bill out, said, go on, found the company, I'm going to invest in you, here's $10,000. He actually wrote a number of years later, he said, my one regret, and you might think, hey, that's cool, you know, Bill Gates, Microsoft, goes on, I'd have liked to have put 10 grand in. He said, my one regret is not giving Bill every single penny I had in my bank account. But you can do that with the benefit of hindsight. I would not want you to stand before God on the last day and think, If only, if only, if only. Because life is full of if onlys. Don't let today be an if only. Jesus is saying, if you give me all that you bring, I'll give you all that I bring. Can we stand? I'm going to pray a brief prayer and uh, we've got some contributions in terms of people feeling that God is saying some stuff. But I'm going to pray a prayer and the prayer is basically, Jesus, if you're there, hey, I know that I need, I need this. And I'm going to read this. It's a prayer, I like this one. It's from a book called Why Jesus. And it says this, Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you now offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Amen. Now, I'm going to read that prayer. And if you've never prayed a prayer like that, and you think, yep, today's the day, or if you're away from God, and you know you've followed God wholeheartedly, and you don't just want to, figuratively speaking, invest the $10,000, you want to give him the whole thing. I'm not talking about a monetary donation, I'm just talking about giving your life to him. I'd like you to pray that prayer. Now, if you feel ready in your heart of hearts, you think, I could pray a prayer like that. I would like you to pray. And in fact, actually, I think we'll do it the way that we did before. I think, I'm going to read this out, and if we could all join in together, that would be really, really good. So I'm going to just read it line by line, and if you'd say it after me. Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. If we just have every eye closed for a moment. And if you've prayed that prayer and you've not prayed it before and you said, yeah, I want to come to Jesus and be forgiven and you've prayed that prayer for the first time or you've prayed it to come back to God because you know that you weren't following God as you should have been. Just while every eye's closed, just pop your hand in the, in the air and I'd just like to just briefly pray over us. If you've prayed that prayer and you said, yeah, that was me, I prayed that for the first time, stick your hand in the air. Stick it up where I can see it. Thank you very much. See that? Anybody else? Yep, thank you very much indeed. I see that one at the back. Anybody else? Okay, thank you. Father, we want to say thank you for these two people. Thank you for these two guys who responded to your good news. Just praying for them now. Would you come? Would you touch them? Would you fill them with your love? Right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, for you two guys, uh, if you would like to come up and say hi to Matt at the end of the meeting. Matt's got some stuff that uh, he and a couple of guys would just love to give you. uh, Stuff which will just help you on uh, the start of your relationship with Jesus. And they would just love to give you that and just to shake your hand and say, hey, well done. That was a good decision you made today. Um, by the way, welcome to the family, and this is, this is people that will know and love you. Um, but just before we do that, John's got a couple of words that he believes that, God, that God's mentioned to him about people that God wants to touch this morning. Yeah, God's sometimes very specific with us, and uh, I just feel that in Corinthians it talks about uh, some of the gifts of the Spirit, one of those is words of knowledge, and I just 
felt in the middle of last week when I was praying about today, really, that God gave me some things to bring. And um, they're all addressed to three ladies here. The first one is, two of the ones are very similar, actually. They're, they're a fear of the dark. And one of them is a, is a direct result of a burglary in your house. And since that time, you've really feared the, the dark. Uh, and I use the word haunt very advisedly. But it's almost like as soon as you close your eyes, you're haunted by this memory. Now, God came to set the prisoners free. Yes. And I, and I feel today they want to, he wants to set you free from that. The second one is another lady who's watched a, a tremendous horror film years ago. But even now, uh, when you're, you're by yourself in the house, it comes back and it, it just gives you such a troubled night that you wake up in the morning as if you've not got it off your mind. So again, that's another lady. And the third one's a bit more personal, really. It's a, it's a, it's a lady here that's got continual cystitis, basically. But you may have laid hands on another part of your body early for a healing. But God wants to deal with those mundane things in lives as well and, and set you free from that. So if you feel you want someone to come and lay hands on you for those things, then please, if you'd like to make your way up the front, and I will sort out some ladies to pray for you over those. Okay. Hi. Um, God also put something on my heart, which really is very similar to what John was saying. Um, and I really felt there's um, so a lady here who has either a problem with her ovaries or her uterus. Um, and God really wants to heal you from that. But he also wants to set you free from fear that you'll never be able to have kids as well. So if that's you, then I'd really love to pray with you. If I could just ask the band to come back. We're going to close in a song of, uh, of worship. Um, once uh, we've had that song, if you would like someone, if you are, are responding to one of those words and you would like prayer, uh, I'd love you just at the front, uh, or just to come to the front. Front, do all right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, if you come to the front, perhaps over here. Um, if actually, if, you, if even while we're singing, if you want to make your way to the front, over here so that you're kind of out of the way of the, the glare of the projector and the words uh, and we'd love to, um, to, to minister um, I believe there's a prayer team who are going to come as well and uh, for the two guys who responded uh, to the good news of Jesus uh, if you'd like to wander up and say hi to Matt and he'll introduce you uh, to guys who'd just like to pray for you to start you on the way and give you some stuff which you'd find very very helpful so if you can do that just while the song's playing at the end and that'd be great Matt is there anything else you want to okay Guys, if you want to lead us in a song, and then if you want to come and be prayed for, and just come and say hi, uh, because you responded to the gospel, that'd be really good. Cheers.